Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams, and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well, plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Alarm, alarm. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with... uh, Murray and James Holland, of course. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to get HX231 across the Atlantic. Will we succeed in this episode? I don't know, because it started off as two, went to three, now it's four. <laughs> I mean, there's every possibility that we never talk about anything else ever again. That it's just Well, I'll tell you something exciting, though, is I am talking yet. to Ed Gretton this afternoon and his oh, father, yeah. who are the son and grandson of Peter Gretton. Amazing. They've got Amazing. in touch. They've heard it. They're, they're pleased. Oh, brilliant. Um, don't feel we disgraced ourselves in the memory of their father, oh, grandfather. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that'll be interesting. So I shall be reporting back on that front. Um, fantastic. And I think we'd got to the end of, we've got to the early hours, haven't we? The night of the 5th, 6th of April with Warunga. Yes. Um, starting so, to buckle. So there have been 16 attempts to attack the convoy during the night, is what Gretton reports. Um, yes, uh, but we're through t- to five o'clock in the morning, and I, I can't remember when dawn is. Um, but it, it's probably a way off, isn't it? If if we're and after all, which clock are we on? Oh God! <laughs> oh yeah, we got all that as well, haven't we? That's getting um, confusing. Plus yes, two, it, it, it can't plus two or plus four. We don't know. Anyway, but <laughs> Warunga has discovered that its main bulkheads are starting to buckle, so they have yep. to abandon ship. Vidette. Screening well, remember that Vidette is the destroyer. It's the destroyer that can that can nip about. That's the, been the busy, basically been probably the busiest ship of the lot because it's the fastest and the and the most um, heavily armed, isn't it? Basically, and thank God it refueled before the it all kicked off. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a moment a moment of simple sort of uh, of grace, isn't there, in this entire yeah. thing that, that that they thought yeah. to refuel. But that is the Royal Navy. You refuel whenever you possibly can. If you can yep. possibly refuel, you do. Which is after all one of the mistakes the Bismarck makes, isn't it? Is they don't refuel. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so loose, loose strife. And we'll, remember, this is a um, this is a corvette that the captain of which Gretton has a dim view. Yeah, doesn't feel he's he's the the weak link. But yeah. anyway, loose strife has gone off to help pick up survivors. As has the JR Point set, hmm. um, which is obviously one of the merchantmen. So that's interesting that 
that yes, should that, be um, that, that should be the case. I mean, maybe it's one of maybe it's basically one of the the quicker quicker merchantmen, you know, because they're all, they're all they're all of, all the ships are of different capability. That you might be a fast convoy, but some might be quicker than others, and other might be slow. Or it's or it's yep. nearer, you know, it's the nearest. Yep. And, um, and they pick up forty one crew twenty minutes later. Um, by by the way, just while we're just very quickly while we're talking about about merchantmen, um, you, you know those HMSO um, sort of pamphlet books that they were produced in the war. Yes. They're sort of just a little bit bigger than A5, aren't they? And they've yeah, got a yeah. kind of, you know, they're, they're always illustrated with fantastic maps and photographs yeah. and all the rest yeah. of it and written by someone quite good. Well, anyway, lo- lovely Nick Champion got in touch and said oh. he had a spare copy of Merchantman at War and would I like a copy? Well, actually, I have already got one. I've got oh. quite a good collection of that. So I suggested that he send it to you. So Oh, brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Nick. That's very that's very sweet of you. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, excellent. Nice. Anyway, a minor rabbit hole. But what this means, though, is is that's five o'clock in the morning at twenty past five. Yep. So only twenty minutes after that, this all starts, this rescue of the Warunga U one three four, which is still in contact with the convoy, attacks the point set and loose strife and Warunga yep. with three torpedoes, but misses. So thank goodness. So it's all still it's all fingernails, isn't it? This whole thing is yeah, 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 yeah. So U one three four. That means it should be one of the earlier ones. Yeah. Um, have you, you must have come across U boat net. No, I've not come across U boat. U boat dot net. Okay, it's got it's got literally every every single detail. So I can I've just I've just put that into U boat dot net. Okay. Right. So it was ordered on the seventh of August nineteen thirty nine. It was laid down on the sixth of September nineteen forty. It was launched on the seventeenth of May nineteen forty one, and it's still going. Right. In the early part of 1943, so that's good going. Um, commissioned on the 26th of July 1941 by um, Captain Lieutenant Rudolf Schendel. Uh, Schendel, that's a Schendel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. Lieutenant Rudolf. Schindel. But by this point, it's now. It's, so he's he's in command till the 2nd of February 1943. Yeah. 3rd of February 1943, a new Captain Lieutenant takes over yep. Hans Gunther Brosen. He is right. now the commander. Right. And does nine patrols, sinking three ships. That's not great, is it? Total no. tonnage twelve thousand one hundred forty-seven tons. That's not very much. Yeah, it doesn't last much longer. Gets sunk on the twenty-seventh of August, nineteen forty-three, in the Bay of Biscay, north of Cape Ortegal. Really, in position forty-four point oh three north, oh eight point oh five west, <laughs> by so depth charges from the British frigate uh, HMS Rover. So this is what you get: forty-eight dead, all hands lost. Blimey! So it's, it's literally the, just off the off the but, off, just off the north. Spanish but, coast. but as you as you kind of pointed out there, a, a captain or a commander um, not that good at pressing things home because he's got three three ships, one of which is sinking, and he can't hit that, and yeah. two ships two ships coming in to help it, and he can't hit them. So so um, uh, perhaps a reflection that 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 the the, the um, uh, Kriegsmarine hasn't got its best people on the job anymore because they're- yeah, interestingly, it doesn't list um, Learnhards. Uh, as as one of Levin the wolf opera, of a wolf packs it works with. Right, that's interesting. So, uh, okay. Well, anyway, so, so that's but, a little aside. But but you boat. But, honestly, if, if anyone listening and you want to find out more, uboat.net is a one. Excellent, excellent. Right, but the sixth, a big thing. There's a big change. Um, yes, uh, which is the support group arrives from Iceland. Da, 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 da. We're coming, boys. Yes, yep. um, and this is uh, under Commander A.G. West, support group commander on HMS Inglefield. It's Eclipse, Fury, and Icarus. Icarus um, is very famous. I wrote about Icarus in my Battle of Britain book. Did you? 
obviously in the bit before the Battle of Britain. It's before the Battle of Britain, obviously. Let's be because <laughs> I was writing Come about on. it at Dunkirk, which, as yeah. you know, uh, you know, I, I decided to include in my Battle of Britain book. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so Icarus was at Dunkirk, uh, and 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 it was very much a sort of old. These are old nineteen thirties kind of old fashioned escort destroyers. So, yeah. so fleet escort destroyers rather than convoy escorts. Bigger and slower. Yeah, they're still pretty they're good. They're still pretty good. They're just a bit. They're a bit kind of smokestacky, but but they're still pretty good. There's not you know, it's yeah. not much wrong with them. And two of them have... do you know how many? Do you know how many Royal Navy destroyers were sunk in the Second World War? I no, I don't, James. But you do. I do. <laughs> Hundred and thirty-two. Jesus Christ! Yeah, just imagine what that looks like. Hundred and thirty-two destroyers gone. God, that's a lot. I know, because I, I always used to think, you know, what would I do that would kind of yeah. give me a pretty good, you know, you yeah. feel like you've Chance done something, of, but yeah. not too dangerous, but you're kind of yeah. at the cutting edge. And I always kind of thought being in a destroyer would be great. Yeah. Well, now I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also it, it's in, it's all incredibly hard work and relentless, isn't it? I mean, I mean, this, well, well, we'll get to this. Um, but so, but two of these, two of these ships have huffed off. So, so the ability yep, to so spot helps. stuff has has, has 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 increased hugely because there's only been only one huffed off set in the um, escort group, isn't there? So, yeah, and they're faster and better gunned. So, you know, they're they're, yeah. they're bigger, faster, more upgunned. They've got two lots of huffed off. You know, yeah. these are all destroyers. They might be 1930s destroyers, but they're still better than anything on offer on the current on B7 escort group. And the air cover, more air cover, because they're getting that yes. they're, they're a little bit closer to Iceland and, and everything's... It's not that it's getting easier, it's getting, it's, it's getting marginally less difficult. I mean, this is the thing. This is all still, as 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 we as we will... I mean, the next, you know, until 11 o'clock. So at 0647, Tay chases a U-boat, U-270. Um, uh, but they track it to as with Asdic to 100 yards. They all sit clearly, and then, and then it, and then it bugs off. Three minutes later, I mean, a hundred yards is nothing. That's kind I know, of I mean, know, it's a little over four cricket pitches. Yeah, it's the other side of the street. I mean, well, the other, other, yep. you know, the the post yep. office from my front door. Uh, they de- depth charge, but only drop five rather than ten. So basically, th- th- there's then cat and mouse, and this is inside the convoy. This is happening between the seventh. And yes, eighth yes, yes, yes. So, so the U boats, you know, U two seventy. He knows what he's doing. He's getting in amongst it. But the but his problem is he's going to about he's about to run out of cover of darkness. It's about you know daylight is coming, and at eight o'clock, so an hour and ten minutes later, a liberator from one twenty squadron, liberator E, arrives. Yep. And two minutes later, drops a death charge pattern, but U U two seventy gets away, but but gets away, but but is interfered with is stymied, which is the thing we were talking about last week. It's all about stopping the enemy from pressing a pressing home its attacks basically making it difficult for him as much as it is the destroying a submarine is a bonus 0942 so liberator e is sticking around this is the point Uh, 0942 it spots a u-boat shadowing the convoy they drop four depth charges while the boat's still on the surface submerges reappears before diving this is 594 and what does what does u-boat.net u270 actually survives the war really Manages to hit one ship in its entire career <laughs> from being launched in July 1942. Oh, dear. It's decommissioned on the 25th of June 1944. Oh, dear. That's laid, up, I mean... laid up in a U-boat pen, later repaired and returned to service in August 1944. And then sunk. No, it doesn't survive. And then it's sunk on the 13th of August. All right. Okay. Okay. U-594. Another not very successful one. Yeah. U-594, which is one we've, that, that's just been depth charged and damaged. 
Yes. U594 sunk on the 5th of June 1943 in the North Atlantic west of Gibraltar in position um, uh, 36.2 north, 1028 west by depth charges from a Hudson. There you go. Uh, There you go. All hands lost. It just, they all go. They all go. Yeah. Don't they? I mean, that's the amazing thing. Uh, Captain Lieutenant uh, Dietrich Hoffmann at the time at the time we're talking about. Uh, oh no, no, no! It's not. It's Friedrich Mumm who's taken over. Friedrich Mumm, yeah, 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 yeah. Captain Lieutenant Mumm. Anyway, so so uh, five nine four is damaged. It's water coming the torpedo tank, one of the fuel tanks, and it had already been um, damaged by Vidette. So it's interesting. So Mum thinks he, it's time to bug out. Yeah, he thinks. All right, that'll do. You know, we, we, we've we've done we've done our bit. You know, they can look yep. look everyone in the eye when they get back to Brest or wherever. Oh nine forty eight. So six minutes later, Liberator T attacks um, a U boat U five nine two, which is cra- crash dives and is damaged and it's machine gunned the previous day. So that also they sack it off. These crews are thinking, leave it. It ain't worth it. And also yeah. that you've these liberators are they can stick around. And this makes this is making all the difference. And the thing about I mean the point Gretton yeah. makes about the liberator, it's a big aircraft, so so it's not nippy. So if it sees a U-boat, the U-boat does have time to um uh uh if the U-boat crew alert, the U-boat does have time to to get out of the way before you turn a four-engine bomb around. You know, but by the same token, you know, one of what, you know, one of the things that we've 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 been talking about is is just it's not about destroying U-boats, it's about no. driving them away from the convoy. Yeah, and then so you can uh, crash dive. That's fine, but the moment yeah. you dive, you can't. You're not really in a position to, to attack anymore. But what we have here also, and we didn't mention this, is the flying conditions are bad. So it's ten ten cloud, ten tenths cloud, and a cloud base is seven hundred feet. So I imagine if you're in a U boat and you're skulking along the top, having a look, suddenly a liberator comes out of the cloud base, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Yes. How did it know we were here? How did it know we were here? And you're not going to hear it because of your engines and all that sort of stuff until it's yeah. until it's right upon you. So I'm, you know, the the the, the this is why they're crash diving, isn't it? Like, oh God, you know. Well, yes, and it's also also um, gives you good reason to kind of you know not press your attack that hard. I would say. Yes. Well, which is which is which is the thing we talked about. I think in the first or second of, the, of this series is that the crews at this point, the U-boat crews, they're pretty demoralised and they're lying about they're, they're, about what they've been up to and yeah. saying, oh no, we didn't. You know, they're, they're being they're being pretty pretty ambivalent about pressing on their attacks, and as as I imagine I would be in this set of circumstances. Yes, to be fair. At 11 o'clock, U-270 surfaces, Inglefield and Eclipse. Inglefield uh, being the, the, from the support group and Eclipse. Yep. So so they're in the picture now. They hunt uh, they, they hunt U-270 into the afternoon. So basically, no- 270's got to be underwater the whole time, exactly. much of it. So no, no and, half And consequently, duff. they don't get, yeah, no more half-duff picked up yep. at yep. all yep. until the last aircraft leaves at 19.35, so 7.35 p.m., which is just before darkness falls. It's now the so beginning of air April. cover, yeah. air cover all day. Well, uh, these liberators uh, can fly for 16 hours, can't they? I know, it's amazing, isn't it? It's 16 hours airborne. Jesus. Yeah. And Vidette's back with a convoy, loose strife and JR points it with the survivors of Warringah, and then they bring the stragglers back in. So it's all it's all a lot more organised on the 6th, isn't it? Mm. It's all, you know, so they're bringing the Aruba, Mossdale. Well, they can um, they can have a bit of a sigh of relief, can't they? I mean, yeah. jeepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, these exactly. are stragglers. These are stragglers who have not chosen to go away. These are stragglers because of mechanical issues or yeah. engine whatever or something. They've had to stop to kind of repair things. And Yeah. Seven past 12. U six three two fires a torpedo at Inglefield, but misses at fourteen hundred hours. U seven zero six sights a tanker, but the range is too great. You can you can in these you can read the crews going. Ah, oh, that's too far away. It's too far yeah. away, boss. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. 
there are liberators everywhere. Quite the liberators, all these extra destroyers, you know, yeah. better part of Valor, live to fight another yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and then yeah, yeah, 86 yeah. Squadron arrives to take over. From, yeah, they're operating uh, from Northern Ireland, remember? Yeah. And then at, so we're uh, now we're kind of we're getting closer. And in the uh, into the afternoon, sixteen eighteen, U boat picked up by radar uh, um, uh, uh, by R Liberator R of eighty six Squadron attacked with total surprise. Only one of four depth charge drops. The U boat crash dives. Liberator R turned tightly and attacked again. Depth charge pretty accurate. Spaced for ninety feet. Set shallow and drop. And they see a big. They circle for for twenty minutes. And there's a large patch of oil scene so which is which is pretty kind of you know there's not much you can sort of argue with that you can argue bubbles bubbles that the the u-boats can release to sort of suggest that they're sinking yes that's but right. but it's fake but the oil no and this is the very same one that sunk the blitar remember was the is it the danish one danish boat or norwegian or norwegian norwegian yeah. i think yeah U-6- they bugger off don't they, they they're the ones who, who leave the convoy early and this is u632 mm-hmm. um and if you first I'm, I'm, patrol, oh my god! I mean, they're just they're just not good enough. They're not good enough for this. Yeah. Although they had sunk the Blitar, two ships sunk, total of fifteen thousand two hundred fifty-five tons. Yeah, all hands lost, forty-eight. This is. I mean, what's interesting is is that the the, the first couple of days were sort of on balance okay for the U-boats. They were they were sinking stuff. There were people fleeing the convoy. The air cover hadn't added up. But 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 what we what we're seeing here is when. Allied provision works. The U-boats are—they're—they're they're completely snooped. They've got a chance, have they? Yeah. So if you can send a convoy over with ten escorts rather than six, and half of which are destroyers, yeah, you're in a much better position, aren't you? And there's air and there's air cover literally all day. Mm. Um. Uh. Anyway, so so um, U six three two is sunk. At dusk, there are still eight U-boats shadowing the convoy, but there were twenty. In the picket, one's one sunk. Others have damaged. Others have yeah. just Give, given slipped up the away. Yeah, yeah. Decided, decided. Discretion is the better part of valor. You know, this this speaks to the point we we're talking about. If you don't have to sink them, but you make if you can make them. I mean, the U boats are at less than heart. They're at forty percent strength from the beginning of the beginning of this encounter. That's no, that's no good if you're uh, donuts, is it? That's the thing. No, um, no, no. So another the, day has been has survived. Yeah, they've survived, and no one sunk on that day on the sixth. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing because because there's a the, certainly going through the fifth. There's a feeling that it could go either way. Mm-hmm. They just you know, and, and they they are attacking on the sixth, but but it reading it back, looking looking across it, it feels a little. Some of it feels a little half hearted, which is again, I completely, I, I, you know, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the interesting thing is you, you're really get, you, you're getting the impression very clearly that the quality of U-boat command is just is just not as good. You know, I'm thinking about that U-boat that was stuck in the middle of the convoy didn't fire. Yeah, but but I also mean, the it's stuff, just unthinkable the in that, the preen era. Yeah, but the stuff they've con- contend with, preen never had to contend with air cover till half past six, seven at night, did he? He no, did, he didn't. You know, no, that is absolutely th- true. It's not just it's you know that the circumstance the the, the 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 allies have succeeded in changing the rules of the game basically. That's what's reflected here, as much as anything else. You know, Preen might have thought, you know, actually, actually, this ain't worth it. We don't, but we don't know, do we? So the next day on the seventh, there's various sightings by aircraft of U-boats, but no further attacks. Nor on the night of the seventh, the eighth, nor the eighth. Support group 
departs at dawn of the 8th of April. Job done. Yes, and the, originally the, the support group is going to go on the 7th. It's just going to be yeah. there for 24 hours, but they get an extension. They, well, you're being so effective. It's yeah. so important that we get this this convoy in. So so hang around for another 24 hours. So they do. So they don't leave until dawn of the 8th of April. And, and by this point, they're kind of home. You know, it, it is absolutely, they're into kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're nearing yeah. nearing England, nearing Northern Ireland. And, and, and you know, they're kind of there. And, it, and yeah. the 9th of... Um, on the ninth afternoon, about four o'clock, sixteen hundred hours, um, the local escort, so B seven, uh, the local escort arrives, takes over the safety of the convoy, and this is this really interesting bit. So the, the this is the passage up, which is where I was doing my SPS paddle the other day. Um, yeah. You know, past yeah. the Isle of Arran, Isle of Boot, and all the rest of it, and you go up the passageway that leads up to the Clyde uh, and mm. Greenock and Guruk and yeah. all these places. Yeah. Um, it's Faz Lane, you know, it's where the um, where the nuclear submarines are based now. It's, it's yeah. that kind of neck of the woods. And it was amazing to be out there on the water there and sort of, you know, imagining all these convoys coming in through this passage. But that's exactly where HX231 yeah. goes through. Yeah. Um, and B7's, their job is done. And and the escort group, you know, heads up the River Foyle and goes back to base at Northern Ireland. Their, 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 their work is over. Yeah. And, the lo- is and the local escort takes over at this point. Not that he, I mean, a U-boat, U-boat isn't going to be trying to get in there anymore, is it? They're not going to... <laughs> no, it's no, the, no, the, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and Gretchen has a makes an interesting point. He goes, the intricate machinery of the organization which controlled the routing of merchant ships now took over. Some ships would go straight to their destination, some would immediately join coastal convoys, and some would wait at assembly anchorages for a convenient coastal convoy to take them to their eventual unloading port. So it's interesting, isn't it? You know, not all sixty one sort of head up head up to no. to the Clyde, no. you know, they, they have different destinations. They're plugged into the next uh, thing that they've got to do, yeah. Yeah, and this, this goes back to the, the, the subject that John and I were, John McManus and I were talking about the other day, which is, you know, who's organising all this? You know, every single ship has got a different cargo and that cargo yeah. has an end point and it's got to go somewhere and it's and it's there's, there's a list with its name on, with its cargo on and where its mm. ultimate destinations are, but, but presumably it's got, it's got to go into another port or it's got to be then be unloaded, loaded onto lorries or probably more likely trains and distributed yep. wherever, you know, but it's a, well, and they're doing it a process without, and a half. They're not doing, they're not using Excel, are they? They've got no spreadsheet. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, they, maybe there is a spreadsheet, but they're, but they're not using, it's not, it's not the way. It's not, uh, not, not courtesy of Microsoft. No, exactly. So we'll take a break. We'll see you in a tick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, 
Was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Convoy HX231, you will be relieved to hear, dear listener, has has made it across the Atlantic, despite our best efforts. Um, I think we were more of a threat to it crossing the Atlantic than U-boats were by by the 6th of April, Jim. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Rabbit holing. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible. So there's uh, six ships lost, aren't there, on this convoy? Yes, and I, and I think it's really interesting of the of the ones that are, are lost. Only the Shillong, really. Shillong and and the Warunga. Was it which ones are hit in convoy? It's 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 the Warunga, British Ardour, and Shillong, isn't it? Yep. So three are hit in convoy, and other three because they go off on their own. The fools because they, they've gone off. So Vararan, which has gone off the Norwegian ship, everyone's lost. All hands lost. Tragedy. And you'd think if they'd stuck around, would that have been a different result? Yeah, um, almost certainly. I'd have thought. So, yeah, I'd have said. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, because uh, because it's 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 six out of out of sixty. British Ardour, all but one of the crew are picked up. Warunga, 19 men are lost when, uh, when two of the lifeboats capsized and are damaged, including the captain. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's terrible. So, so, so yeah, it's just awful, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. you got the lifeboat, you got out there and then it just, they capsize yeah. and... Ugh. So um, the Blitar, as we mentioned, was hit by U-632 on its first one. There were 38 survivors from, from the number two boat. So all the lifeboats are, are numbered. Um, picked up on the 10th of April. Number yeah. six boat also picked up, so a total of 54 from Blitar but Rescue. this terrible incident with Captain Kruger of um, uh, U-631, where he says, three boats get away safely, and while they're trying to pick the men out up from the water, submarines heard in the darkness, and the U-631, which didn't sink the Blitar, appears. Yep. And they go through the boats. They want to know who's on the boats. Number six boat, they talk to the... Uh, number six boat, but they're, they're, they're hidden under the men hund hide under the thwarts of the boat, and the submarine thinks the boat's empty. Then number two boat, Kruger says in English, where are the captain and the chief officer? But neither are wearing uniform. So they say, dunno. He says, come alongside or I shoot. Right? 
Yeah. And uh, and this is this is Gretton's account. And when the efforts to get the boat to the submarine failed owing to the seas, he shouted, row for your lives. I give you five or ten minutes. Eventually, the U-boat ordered one of the men from number two boat to jump into the water and swim to the submarine. And Captain Knipp, who's the captain, st- still saying that he's only an able seaman, sets off and is hauled aboard the U-boat. On board, he refused to give any more information that the ship had some hides in her cargo. He continued to de- deny vehemently that he was an officer, and the Germans obtained remarkably little infra- information from him. The U-boat then informed the boats that the man being, being released and Captain Knipp was pushed into the water. The wind and sea were so strong that the boats were unable to make any headway towards him. They had the agonizing experience of seeing the red light on his life jacket disappear and his shouts died away. There died a brave man. Oh, God, just awful. I mean, the lone—I mean, talk about a lonely death because you, you, yeah. he's going to know, isn't he? There's going to well, be a I moment mean, where he realizes it's lost. He's got no chance and it's just a question of... And he goes you've got on. To, you've, got to conf- you've got to confront. Yeah. You've got to confront what on. happened to you. Kruger excused himself by saying that the submarine had next to proceed to a secret rendezvous with a milch cow tanker and that no prisoners were allowed on board during the operation of fueling. But he could easily have dropped Captain Knipp nearer the, to the boats and ensured that he was picked up. His, this is what Gretton says. His conduct deserved trial for crimes against humanity at Nuremberg, but he did not survive to face his accusers. It was a suitable retribution that U-631 was sunk by a member of B-7 group, the Sunflower, in October 1943. So there we go. The, the, the just, it's the a terrible of, story, though, isn't it? It's yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. And then, and then the other two, well, no, the other two boats, then off they go, and they have Javanese and Chinese crew. That's right. To, who die of exposure. They're determined to sail to Scotland. The bravery this is on the Blitar. Is this, this the Blitar? Is the Blitar. This is still the Blitar. Yeah. The bravery of, bravery of these men, the determination of these men. They're picked up by Canadian destroyer Restigouche, um, uh, oh, number two boat, at least, are picked up by, by destroyer. And then number six boat are picked up by um, Eclipse, I think. They're spotted by a flying fortress and then picked up by Eclipse. I mean, so it's 54 just, saved eventually. Eventually, but just that story of the, of the captain being oh, thrown back in. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's absolutely grim. It's absolutely um, grim. Yeah. Um, then we've got the Sun Oil, which is the tanker, yeah. the American tanker. So that's hit by U-563 yeah. and finished off seven hours later by U-530. And yeah. all hands lost. Every single one goes down. And and obviously some of them did escape, but but they weren't picked up. Yeah. So, and yeah. Vedette, if you remember, Vedette is sent off to go and try and find yeah, them and, and report seeing absolutely nothing. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. they, you know, it's the middle of the Atlantic and they they've just don't know what's happened to them they've gone yeah. but again another kind of sort of you know agonizing lonely death yeah. the shillong this is an amazing story yeah. Yeah. so shillong yeah. of a crew of 78 33 are in one lifeboat and 24 on a raft so most on the raft subsequently die the raft capsizes three times and do you remember we saw that picture didn't we of the raft and it is literally like a you know like those sort of shipping pallets you get it's kind of like a giant one of those it's absolutely hopeless. And by by the morning, only five of the 24 are still alive. And they sight the lifeboat, the one lifeboat with 33 on, and manage to join them. And leading them is Cadet Moore, who's only 19. And in the lifeboat, there's 11 Brits and 28 Asians. And by the 10th of April, only 10 are still alive, nine Brits and one Asian. And the theory about this is is that the Brits, being Northern Europeans, are kind of better used to being exposed to cold weather and all the rest of it. I would also suggest that it's also that they're better fed, yes, and have been and got the more whole time. fat on them than the Asians, who uh, tend to be kind of you know sort of 
skin and bones really don't they and uh, if, if you're kind of in the merchant navy yeah. so they have got plenty of food but they just don't have enough water and and by 10 30 a.m on the 12th of april they're finally spotted by a catalina they fire flares and you know you then got the agonizing wait that you know you've been spotted but you then got to wait to be picked up and it's not until five o'clock 1700 that norwegian destroyers and albans having already got the survivors of blit are picked up picks up these of the of the 10 alive only three men fully recover and all the rest have to have limbs amputated due well, to frostbite and an earlier and can you inf- imagine? on the night of the fifth and the sixth the, the worst danger was from the large hatch covers floating near the boat um collisions with which would have shattered the bu- the boat so mr mccray the third engineer stations himself in the bows and spends the night fending off the hatch covers with a boat hook amazing he never complained, but at dawn he was so exhausted that quietly and peacefully he laid down and died. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, he's it, amazing. These these stories of these these lifeboats and yeah, the endurance these people have to go through. It's it's you know we all. We, I mean, the, the thing is, is we all kind of sort of ooh and ah, don't we, about about Shackleton and his and his journey yeah. and and the incredible thing from Elephant Island to some, some South Georgia. Yeah, he wanted to go. He does. He kind of wanted to go. You know, these guys are all sort of similar stories of incredible bravery and courage yeah. are happening every single day, pretty much, in the Atlantic, yeah. aren't they, during the war? And, yes. you know, most of them anonymous, forgotten about, never written about, yeah. you know. you know, we're, And I think it's really important to stress that, you know, we are just talking about one convoy, presumably yeah. the 231st yeah, 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 on yeah, the yeah, XX exactly. route. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's not the other, yes. or the other one. Well, it make, I mean, it does make, I mean, it, it, you know, the, 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 there is a question to be asked here. Is if you're a Javanese or Chinese sailor, obviously the mer- merchant marine has always been full of people from all over the world since since the, the year dot, since, right? Since the Phoenicians, right? Yeah, exactly. But what's what's motivating these guys? Money. Is it, is it money? Is, but yeah, is there job, enough money? It? But Jim, is there enough money well, f- for this? Well, no, but 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 <laughs> yeah. there's got to be a reason why they're doing it. They're not doing it out of out of pride of it's not king and the country. British effort, are they? No, it's not king and country. It's definitely not. Which is, I think, I think, really interesting, isn't it? Because so often when we talk about when you look at what motivates motivates people in, in combat, and this is combat. Let's make no mistake, right? Then then you know we. Soldiers would talk about the idea of you're looking out for your mates all the time as the as the thing that's keeping you going here. But like, but if you're like I say, if you're Chinese or Javanese or or I don't know an Egyptian or or whoever on one of these ships, is the I mean the pay the, the pay can't be good enough. So you, you are heads down won't happen to me. Um, yeah, uh, you know what's your what's your attitude? What mo- what 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 keeps you turning up for work? Yeah. Aside from the fact you'll be in terrible trouble if you don't turn up for work, but but. Do you know what I mean? These aren't pressed yeah, crews, yeah, yeah. are they? I, I think it's absolutely incredible. It's just, it's just enormously hats off, and I just, I just think because no one's really interested in the merchant navy, you know, they're so anonymous. We you know we talk a lot about kind of you know the forgotten campaign in Italy or the forgotten yeah, war yeah. in Burma or whatever, but actually they get plenty of credit, and uh, yeah. you know, any, any anyone who's remotely interested in the Second World War, sooner or later they'll come round to Italy and to Burma, won't they? They just will, as a matter of course. But who who looks into the Merchant Navy? Literally no one. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Um, uh, we hope you've enjoyed getting HX231 um, uh, uh, home. We hope you've enjoyed our sort of um, ramblings and musings there. Although this, this is the, for me, this is the where the, where the, where the action is in the podcast sometimes. Although actually it's been really brilliant to tell 
a single story and 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 look at how it reflects what's happening at the time and, and, the, and the way it's uh, running out in 1943 we're about to say goodbye to 1943 though aren't we we're, we're, yes we we're, are we'll be we enter a new dawn yeah i can't wait 1944 come on yes exactly um we will see you all soon thanks very much for listening uh cheerio. happy christmas everyone yes happy christmas <laughs> <laughs>